I'm Alex Kappelman. This is The Decision, the podcast where people try to convince me to finally abandon the Knicks and become a fan of their favorite team. This is episode 26, the Dallas Mavericks. Today we're speaking to a guy from Dallas, Zach Crane. He is senior editor at D Magazine. Uh, And let's just get right to it with the Mavs. I was like like 14, probably about, I want to say like 1987, 88, maybe. And my brother and his girlfriend took me to um, a Mavericks game. I was from, I mean, like, I'm from about an hour or so away, and so I wasn't like Dallas, Dallas. Um, they were a fun team then. That was when they were, that's when they went to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers, and they had Mark Aguirre and Rwanda Blackman. And I think that night, uh, Sam Perkins had a career high. He was just out playing out of his mind. And then, um, you know, I fell off probably a little bit through the early 90s because they were just so terrible. But then... The three J's, um, Jason Kidd and Jimmy Jackson and Jamal Mashburn, they got me back into it, sucked me back in, and you know, kept breaking my heart. But then Dirk came not too long after that, and it's been, it's been great since then. Yeah. So you had that fun team, moved on uh, to the you know, three J's back in the day, like that like super electric young team with Jason Kidd, Jimmy Jackson, uh, and um, wow, why is, why, who's the third J? Jamal Ashburn. Oh, Jamal I mean, they should have been right. so much better. Yeah, they should have been so much better. Why? Why do you say that? Uh, I mean, it's just they seemed like they were like kind of a perfect match for each other. You know, it was good for like a minute, but uh, I don't know. I mean, you end up with like a, a a funny like trivia question or whatever about Tony Braxton breaking up uh, a basketball team. Wait, so, I didn't. Oh, wait, hold I mean, on, because I I knew that there was some interpersonal thing. I had no idea Tony Braxton was involved. Like, can you tell me the story about how what what was going on there? As far as I know, like uh, Jason Kidd and Jimmy Jackson were both uh, either dating or, or like you know, trying to date her at the same time, and so that what much started tearing everything apart. Like Jamal Bashman, I don't think was really involved, involved in anything other than like probably not being very happy about everything going on and then I don't remember <laughs> the order it was it was like they shipped out and Don, uh, Don Nelson came in and he shipped out uh, I think it was Jimmy Jackson first and then Jason Kidd and then Jamal Mash but I don't remember the exact order but it was he, he basically traded it was something crazy he traded like you know 13 players in, in, a, in a year or something like that. so it just flipped over completely but yeah I mean they were like for like that very first season when uh, I think it was like 94 when Jason when they were all three together it was great, and then just like, yeah. I, did, did and then and then Tony Braxton came along. Did uh, is was uh, I, I'm I'm I gotta keep asking about Tony Braxton. Like, it, was she? Did she date any of? Did she actually date them, or like, did she? Not, yeah, that's what I'm not sure about. I think she did like go on at least a date with both of them. Like, I don't think everybody even like completely knew that for a little bit because it was just not, you know, it was more gossipy and and. Not, uh, you know, there wasn't as much coverage or anything like that, but it always, it, I mean, it always blows my mind that that's what, like, sort of broke up the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, it, it's more, but I, I feel like it's probably more common than you think, and also probably the narratives are not as maybe black and white as as we might think, you know, by, by which I mean, right. you know, so we, we hear about, like, you know, Derek Fisher um, sleeping with, um, you know, um, uh, Matt, uh, what's Matt his Barnes, name? Yeah. Matt Barnes' wife. We hear about, you know, Tony Parker sleeping with Brent Barry's wife. You know, we hear 
right. we hear about all these things, so it's it seems fairly common, and, and it gets out. Um, but then when it does get out, like the narrative is from a context of like men on teams sleeping with wives. Like it's like like who knows what's really happening? Who knows? Like I feel like women are very much um, like kind of cast to the side, and and if not erased from the narrative, very much um, you know brushed to the side or forced to yeah, the side. Yeah, yeah, right. Like this, like whatever, like there's no agency in it at all. Like they're just kind of whatever side characters. Right. But you're right. I think that does happen more than it. I think that happens more than he actually, than anybody actually thinks about. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so the three J's got broken up. Um, and, uh, the era of Dirk Nowitzki came in. Uh, what was it like to Mm. just see Dirk Nowitzki go from like this awkward, like seven foot skinny, you know, like, like teenager into like, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. Um, it's amazing. And it's, uh, it's just, I mean, he's such a good dude too. So it's rare to have, uh, a legend, non asshole, like whatever. And as, as your main guy for like 20 years. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I can't think of a whole lot of other places where that's, you know, ever been true with somebody who's like actually gets along with the city and, also is one of the best players ever. Right. It's pretty rare because most of most people who are that that good are just like your makeup is asshole. That's how you got so good. Like I mean right. Michael Jordan, Kobe, Kobe everybody. Yeah. You don't have like you don't have a whole lot of people who are like, you know, top you know, fifteen, twenty players ever who are goofy and 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 funny and like actually like enjoy the community and in the in the city and are approachable and aren't you know whatever i mean he's got that drive but he also is just like you know a goofy dude right right um so yeah i mean that kind of sounds like it sounds like you know like when when you ask like oh so you've been dating this person for a year like what are they like you're like oh he's great like that you know like he's funny he's goofy he loves the city and he's so nice like <laughs> like it's i mean like that's something that i would absolutely love to have uh in a, in a player and in a team um but you know like just to kind of fast forward through the next 20 years um like you know you had the steve nash years with nick van exel and that that hugely offensive electrifying team they never really got that far and then steve nash left um, but then, you know, eventually Jason Kidd came back, uh, and won the championship with Dirk and, you know, Tyson Chandler was there too. And he was great. Uh, and then now it's about 10 years later, I think. And what is even happening? <laughs> it's been, uh, it's been, since they won the championship, it's been, it's been weird because like Mark Cuban, the owner, he made one kind of big miscalculation about the salary cap and what was coming and tore apart that team, which was like beloved. It was still just mystifying that like we didn't have uh, all these guys who won the championship for us. So like, what's the, what's the team like today? Like I, I like literally can't think of one player on the team right now. <laughs> well, they got Dennis Smith Jr. Who um, I think has got a very, very, very good shot of being rookie of the year. I mean, he can jump out of the gym and he's also a good ball handler. He's a good uh, passer he was, um, you know, he's kind of being mentored by God Sham God, who's here as an assistant coach, which is super dope. And um, uh, who also has now, probably he, the greatest name out of anyone. I remember oh when he was in God. college, just being like, just amazing name, God Sham God. <laughs> it's got to be like one of the top five names ever. 
Yeah. Um, After, can we... like, actual God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got uh, DSJ, um, Seth Curry, uh, a shooting guard. When Seth, he's Curry, back, he's kinda, Seth he's... Curry's, Steph Curry's nah, not as good younger brother. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, the, the, the diet version of, 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 uh, <laughs> of Steph. Wesley Matthews, who is sort of finally coming back from the Achilles thing. I don't know. I mean, I like the dude, but um, I don't know. And then uh, Harrison Barnes, who had a had a breakout year last year, Nerlens Noel coming off the bench. Uh, so those are the those are the those are the main dudes. There's a lot of you know whatever. There's JJ Barea on the bench, and uh, but uh, you know the starting lineup's good. Yeah. So I mean, like, straight up, let's be real. You guys aren't making the playoffs this year, right? Oh no no no. Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll have. A lot of like really good games where they lose at the end and end up something like you know. If I had to guess, they'll end up like you know forty-one and forty-one, something like that. Maybe forty-two and forty at the like at the best. Right, which is which is good enough for like the four seed in the East, but like but like <laughs> you know you'll miss the playoffs in the West. Um, so if they're not going to make the playoffs, uh, if they're not going to make the playoffs, like. Why should I? I mean, like, I guess, you know, watch Dirk and, you know, maybe his last season. I guess you can watch, like, those younger people, but probably on the basketball court, it's not really gonna, it's not really gonna do it for me. So let's, let's talk about outside the basketball court. Um, okay. Maybe the number one draw uh, and also potentially the number one, like, uh, I'm not sure if I want to do this, uh, is, you know what I'm gonna say, is Mark Cuban. Yeah. He is. Uh, an emotional roller coaster. The greatest thing about him is he he, he gives a shit, and so he constantly right. wants to do something. And sometimes it backfires, sometimes it doesn't. But it's not like I mean, he he actually cares about the team, but more more than that, he cares about like the fans and and, and things too. I remember like in the playoffs, I don't know, like let's say it's ten years ago, and they they were screwing up the game presentation. Like every time there was like the Mavs going to run and then uh, the other team would call timeout to cool them down and everybody's cheering. And then they would cut to like the like sideline guy doing um, like shilling t-shirts, like, you know, Western conference playoff t-shirts. And so I emailed him. I was just like, just the dude I emailed him. I was like, come on, man, you got to stop that. You know, that's bad basketball. And he was like, okay. And they quit it the next, like next game they did. Wait, Mark, um, Mark, this is Mark Cuban who e- Mark Cuban emailed you yeah. right back. Email me right back, like probably within like thirty minutes. Wow, that's Mark the owner, and so he that's d- crazy. And, and everybody has stories like that, and he does that kind of thing all the time. Is he kind of embarrassing on the sideline sometimes? Yes. <laughs> does he make some bad <laughs> trades for bad reasons? Yes. Um, does he want like you know? Does he do really awkward celebrations? Yes. But he, I think, with him, the good outweighs the bad, uh, pretty definitely. Hmm. Okay. Um, what are some other like? <laughs> He's not really. You're not really buying it. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, he doesn't have. I mean, he doesn't have. A, he doesn't have his own blues band. I can tell you that. Like, uh, <laughs> unlike my owner, uh, James Dolan. He's like. Um, say he's like the dad version of like uh, Robert Pera, who owns the Grizzlies. Like, you know, probably definitely plays pickup basketball with a shooting sleeve, and uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's definitely like definitely would be Colin for the ball, even with like NBA players. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, oh, and another funny thing is like he, uh, he does like every single interview he ever does. He does it from uh, a stairmaster, like sweating on a stairmaster, and that's what. What? I mean, it's insane. Why? Why? 
I feel like a, I, I, nobody's ever been able to explain it because it's like, it's just, he, he looks bad. It sounds bad. It's just weird as hell. But he's always, like, every time you see him doing an interview, it's on a Stairmaster. That's so I, weird. I don't know. I feel like I'm anti-selling you on this. No, <laughs> like, I know. Dude, that makes it, I love it. That makes it, that makes it so much better. Um, um, one thing that I, that I have to mention is, uh, the fact that I worked for a little bit for Gimlet, uh, for the show Surprisingly Awesome, which is now, uh, called Every Little Thing, um, and we did a, we did a show about free throws, um, and I was able to get Dirk Nowitzki on the show, uh, to, because, uh-huh. because he, his thing is, like, when he's shooting free throws, he sings, uh, Mr. Jones by the Counting Crows in his head. <laughs> And so we got him to sing uh, Mr. Jones with the Ken and Crows. Um, you can check that out. Uh, if you just, I guess just Google, like, you know, Dirk Nowitzki, like, Mr. <laughs> Jones, like, Gimlet or whatever. Um, so that that's fun. Um, so on that note, um, don't do that right now because I'm going to, we're going to come back from this break, but um, we're going to take a quick break uh, and then Zach's going to give his final pitch to me. This is Dan Eisenberg from New York City, where I've been playing horse with Kappelman since 1990. The decision is sponsored by Alex's Twitter feed, at Alex Kappelman. The best way to support the show is to follow Alex on Twitter. That's at Alex Kappelman. Back to the show. Here's where I'm at. Like, Mark Cuban seems like he'd be like kind of like a fun dad owner. At the very least, he doesn't donate oodles of money to Donald Trump. Uh... Dirk Nowitzki seems like a great dude, but he's about to leave, and, you know, your on-the-court product um, isn't, you know, the best product. I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff to watch, but... So that, that's essentially where I'm at is, like, uh, I don't really know if I want to come for just for Cuban, so give me your last little bit of selling point. Like, sell me on the Mavs. Give me your final pitch. Well, right now is a perfect time to come in because you have uh, Dennis Smith Jr., new to the team, like probably probably one of two or maybe three guys who could win rookie of the year this year. Watch that guy for like a quarter, and if you're not like a giant, like hard eyes for uh, for that dude, then <laughs> yeah. I don't even know because like he's he's the only person I've ever seen who can like basically break Twitter on a missed dunk. What if he you... made that, uh, they might have just had to shut down Twitter entirely. <laughs> what was the dunk? Can you, so, can you describe it? He uh, he took it in from the uh, took it in from the right wing and uh, cocked it back. I mean, he jumped he jumped from probably the circle, cocked it back, and he said he should have uh, gone with two hands, but he just went with one, got it right, just a little bit off the back of the rim, and uh, got fouled. But it wasn't just really like that's not exciting, but it was the, the height he got on that. I mean, it was he's like six three, and it looked like he was about fifteen feet in the air when he went up. Wow. So it was like a Space Jam looking dunk from a from a fairly small dude. <laughs> Damn, uh, they, should, okay. they should bring Vine back just for him. <laughs> All right, cool. So I look forward to potentially watching uh, a season full of insane missed dunks. Um, <laughs> Zach Crane is senior editor at D Magazine. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Zach Crane. There is no K in Zach. Um, and Zach, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for talking to me about the Mavs. Thanks for listening. The Decision is produced by me. Original music from Louis Stein, Alessio Romano, and my little brother, Scott Kappelman. I'll be releasing five new episodes of the show every weekday until tomorrow, Tuesday, October 17th, when I release the final episode of my decision. Until then, follow me on Twitter and tweet at me, at Alex Kappelman. 